Welcome to episode three. This is the crease. This is a hockey segment that we got here at the house call. And this episode is brought to you by sportsmemorabilia.com. Sportsmemorabilia.com is one of our affiliates here at the house call. They have a just plethora of officially licensed merchandise, whether it be, I don't know, the nice Bruins officially licensed goalie mask at your NHL thing on there. You can go get this unsigned sign. They got a whole bunch of stuff there. Sales going on all the time. Use our link on our affiliates uh, page on our website. Scrolling below. It'll be in the description as well. Go to sportsmemorabilia.com. Get yourself some officially licensed merchandise for that sports fan in your life, even if that sports fan in your life is you. We're going to be getting into some big injury news here. Uh, I think this one's probably going to have the most impact that I could actually see out of a lot of these uh, injuries we've covered. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are currently without uh, Stone. This is the second back surgery in the past two years. He is out indefinitely. You know, this couldn't come at the worst time for Vegas. They're second in the Pacific, you know, but they're also one of the only teams who is one or two or even three in their division that has a negative goal differential. They are currently sitting at a negative 10 goal differential right now, but you know, Ian, what is the impact here on on Vegas's playoff hopes? Definitely puts a damper on it. Vegas, like I think we brought it up last week, they're a team that in the past, like injury, they've had the injury bug on that team. Last year, they missed the playoffs due to injuries. Um, Mark Stone, I'd argue, along with Jack Eichel, is their most important forward. He's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, he's the most complete play uh, forward on that team. Um, and it just sucks to lose your captain. Now, if they were smart, they'd do what the Tampa Bay Lightning did a couple of years ago when they had Nikita Kucherov on LTIR. They'd go out, they'd put him on, they put Stone on LTIR. That would relieve uh, his cap. You would have however many, however million um, on there, so you could go out and get another player. Maybe get a, like a Ryan O'Reilly at the trade deadline. Um, he's in a, he'd be a rental incoming UFA. And then maybe bring Stone back for the playoffs so you can still stay afloat and then get your best player back. But, yeah, it definitely sucks for Vegas. Look at them going forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a big thing. Like, you know, you're talking about, I mean, the all-star breaks right here, and then you're, you're coming right into, you know, the, the back end of the season making a playoff push. And, you know, you lose a guy who's, you know, seriously has good impact on your team, plays a really important role, and – you lose them again. And like you said, the injury bug's been big there, but Gage, I mean, do you think they can survive this? Is this going to be an injury that takes them out of playoff contention? It definitely uh, as you could. said before, with their goal, with their goal <laughs> differential. Uh, you're good, man. Yeah. Uh, so as you were saying with their goal differential, they actually slipped the third in the Pacific now, as I checked earlier this morning, uh, uh, with Edmonton nipping at their heels. Uh, being two points back and a game under, and that'll push them into the wild card to have the Avalanche and even Calgary nipping at their heels. So it's going to be a tight race for them to try and stay afloat, as you were saying, and as Ian was saying, um, he's a heart and soul of that team, captain, and he's going to be huge on the plus-minus sheet, not having him there. So I think, like Ian was saying, they got to go out and get someone that's going to give you those tough minutes, grind it out, and really be a physical presence in the locker room as well. 
yeah, they got to find some answers because obviously, like you said, they've already slipped in the, in the standings. They already had a negative, uh, goal differential. I think they were sitting at negative 10 last I looked, which has probably gone down even more if they're already dropping positions in the, in the standings. So it's something that they got to get figured out really, really quick. Otherwise they could be kissing their any, any shot they have and making the Stanley Cup playoffs completely goodbye. But let's talk about an, a trade that we had discussed, and obviously the Canucks are selling, right? The Canucks are a dumpster fire. We all know they're a dumpster fire between, you know, everything that's happened with the front office. We've talked about, Ian and I have talked about this a lot. The Canucks are a complete dumpster fire, and they are now just getting rid of anyone they could possibly get rid of to get them some extra financial flexibility, get them some players, and just get them in a position to somehow get back to what they were. But they have traded... Horvat to the Islanders. They get uh, Anthony uh, Boaviller. I'm going to butcher that name. I am not good with names. But Horvat's in the final year of his contract, $5.5 million. But 25% of that cap hit is retained by the Canucks. Now, obviously, from the Canucks' point of view, I already said, they're shedding cap space. They're just trying to to gear up for the offseason, gear up for free agency, everything like that, do everything they can to put themselves in a better position because they're obviously not going to be doing anything this year. So let's look at the Islanders here. The Islanders made this move. Obviously, there was a lot of other teams linked to Horvat. That includes my Boston Bruins. There were a lot of people thinking that, you know, they should make a move for him to shore up some of the weaknesses that people saw on that team. Obviously, the Islanders get him. Bruins don't. But the Islanders look like they may have just landed an ace right here for themselves to get them into some playoff contention. What do you think, Gage? Uh, I actually view this as a real desperation move by the Islanders. Uh they are sitting at five in the Metro division, which is a very, very tough division right now in hockey with the Devils, the Hurricane, the Perennial Penguins, and Washington. And you have the Rangers as well. So I think this is their desperation to try and stay relevant in that division with all these teams playing phenomenal hockey, and they got to compete with that all year. So I think they went out, got Horvat to get more scoring and be a guy for a year and see where it goes from there. I don't think they resign him either, which is, I think, an unpopular view going forward. But I think this is a Islanders making that one last try and run before they start slipping, before a rebuild starts happening in the, on the island. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they have some work cut out for them to even get back and to, to really make a run. And, you know, that's the, that's this time of year, though. Everyone's trying to get that one piece to put them over the top. And like you said, the Metropolitan Division is it's tough. But, Ian, I mean, do you see this as a desperation move, or do you see them, like, finding a hole they needed to fill so they could make that run? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, like Gage said, the Islanders are fifth in the Metro Division. That's a very cutthroat division. It has been for plenty of years. Right now it looks, like, really tough because this may be the last stand for the Penguins and the Capitals. So they're going to be desperate to make the playoffs. Uh, Rangers are up and coming. They're going to be competitive for a long time. Uh, so will the Canes and the Devils. And uh, the Islanders are that one team, once they get to the dance, you don't want to play them. Um, we've seen that the last couple of times they've been there. Two runs to the conference finals. Uh, ran into Tampa both times. But that weakness on that team, on those teams in this one in particular, um, was center depth. Bo Horvat's a bona fide number two center on a lot of NHL teams. Good heart and soul guy. He'll provide you... Um, maybe a perennial 25 goal season, 50, 60, 70 point season every year. But what they really got Horvat for, I feel like, is to go to the playoffs. Um, and Horvat has proven in the past with Vancouver, 
in the 2020 bubble playoffs, he's a playoff performer. So the Isles could be dangerous if they get there, and I think Horvat would help them. But uh, I feel like they're trying to sign Horvat to an eight-year extension if possible. If they don't, and they don't, they aren't in that playoff push, and they do sell pieces. Look for Horvat to get moved at the deadline. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely one of those uh, things to watch. And the Islanders, you know, like you said, they're they're tough, a tough team once they get there. And there's teams that just flip that switch, and players that flip that switch, and they're hoping that you know Horvat can do that for them. And it's only it's gonna be a waiting game. We're gonna have to wait and see really who wins this thing because obviously, like I said, the Canucks are just selling. They're trying to dump as much as they can, get what they can for whoever they can, which is honestly admirable. I mean, I'm one of those guys in every segment that we do, every every sports team we talk about that needs to sell. I'm like, if you're gonna sell. You need to sell everything. It's it's a it's a store closing sale, man. Everything must go. Everything that can be moved must be moved. And you know the Canucks are looking at their roster and they go, hey, what's our most valuable pieces? Okay, let's get rid of them because we need to. And the Islanders, you know, they got lucky. They got into a situation where they benefited from the Canucks fire sale, and hopefully it works out for them. You know, I know the Islanders fans are really hoping that too. But let's uh, we got to say our condolences. To the Hull family, obviously Bobby Hull passed away at 84 years of age, 12-time All-Star, two-time Hart Trophy winner, and he ended the Blackhawks' 23-year Stanley Cup drought in 1961. Arguably a Chicago legend, but guys, the Golden Jets legacy was solidified a long, long time ago. There are, I mean, to, to be the nickname the Golden Jet, that is probably the most badass nickname, one of the most badass nicknames I've ever heard for a player any era ever, all right? But, you know, Ian, Gage, what are, what are your thoughts on on, on Bobby Hull's legacy and, and what the Golden Jet meant to hockey? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah, Bobby Hull, um, just one of the pioneers to the game. Blackhawks legend. They've got a couple of those. Um, uh, Golden Jet. I really feel like it was a nickname that suited him because smooth skater, one of the best pure goal scorers the game's ever seen. You go back and look at that old tape. It's uh, unbelievable the way he played the game. Um, he left a piece of his legacy behind in his son, Brett, who is uh, an NHL legend in his own right, has his own nickname, the Golden Brett, a play on his dad's <laughs> old nickname. But, uh, yeah, superstar for the Hawks. For a very long time. Had a controversy off the ice. But uh, just a great player on it. And uh, he'll be missed by the NHL world. What about you, Gage? Uh, yeah, I think the tape and his play for all those years speak for themselves. And the legacy going through his son, as Ian mentioned already. Uh, the outpouring from players past and present on, on Twitter and other social media shows you how well-respected and cherish this man was on and off the ice and the legacy he left behind that will be forever enshrined in Blackhawks lore and again one of the best skaters and just pure goal stories to ever play the game absolutely and like I said our condolences from here at the crease and the house call go out to the whole family we are missing an NHL legend now and he will be missed for a very long time. And if you got to play against Bobby Hall, if you got to witness Bobby Hall, that's a moment you got to cherish forever. Now, we're going to move off that to something that we've 
kind of been interested in. Now, this this came across, I saw this come across ESPN, right? And this is what made me want to talk about this. And we had discussed it uh, off, you know, off the episode that we were unaware that there is a professional women's hockey league right now. Ian knew of the league, knew there he knew of one team when we talked about this. The rest of us had no idea that these teams existed or any of this stuff existed. So I'm going to go ahead and let you know that there is the Premier Hockey Federation. It is a female hockey league with seven teams. And these are the teams that are listed. Buffalo Buttes, Montreal Force, Boston Pride, Metropolitan Riveters, Toronto Six, Connecticut Whale, and the Minnesota Whitecaps. Now, I understand, right? Seven teams, women's hockey. But let's be clear that this is a market that ha- it has it has value. This is a big value thing. This isn't like you know some of the other stuff we've seen. We just don't see it advertised because it's not a national or like you know a widespread league. They have only seven teams. They only play in certain areas. I mean, most of it's in the north or the, the east coast. So you really don't see you know a lot of the stuff. But this hockey is such a valued sport across the country from a United States standpoint. Let alone the world. I mean. The Winter Olympics alone, with the hockey that you see there and some of the stuff that we see there, it is one of the most widely watched sports in the world. And yet, nobody knew about this league, and there's only seven seven teams. So, you know, it's a big deal. And just to give you some numbers, and you're thinking, oh, it's women's hockey, it's like women's NBA. Not at all. Do you realize that the women's Olympic match in 2000, or 2022 – against Canada and the United States, had 3.5 million viewers. Just to put it in context, the 2021-2022 Stanley Cup only averaged 4.59 million. All right? So not I mean, not a vast difference. I mean, we're talking, you know, maybe 20-ish percent, 25-ish percent total difference between the two. And it seems like a wide gap, 20-25%, but that's, that is a huge untapped market, and we're not seeing enough of this uh, enough women's hockey, in my opinion, because hockey is a sport that it doesn't matter who's playing on the ice. There's going to be hits. There's going to be speed. There's going to be skill. It's not like basketball where people, oh, it's not entertaining. You know, they just shoot and lay up or something like that, which is honestly one of the more arguments you hear for, like, women's basketball compared to the NBA. NHL, I don't see that at all, guys. I see two, like, if you're on the ice, you're moving the game's going to be played at the same game speed. I feel like the same way, feel the same way about soccer. You know, yeah, the guys are a little bigger, they're a little faster, maybe they kick a little harder, but overall, the game of soccer and is is very competitive and very active. Same thing with hockey. I think it's going to be a very incredible thing, and this needs to have more coverage. But I mean, like, would you? I'll, I'll ask Ian. What do you think we need to do to get women's hockey more coverage in the United States? Well, first off, I think they made a good uh, step in the right direction with the CAA. That'll definitely promote women's hockey. The problem is hockey, men's hockey, the NHL itself is a niche sport. Um, it's hard. It's been hard on the NHL to grow their game as it is. For women's hockey, like women's sports, don't get as much viewership. They don't get as much revenue. So, like a sport like women's hockey would be near impossible you brought up the olympics that was one of the best hockey games i've ever seen it was so exciting uh had all the storylines usa canada the gold medal game it was unbelievable usa ended up winning that game um 
but you don't see much advertised in the way beyond that. Um, so I honestly don't know what you do. Maybe like it's probably in those markets that you mentioned, especially in Canada. It, uh, there's probably plenty of viewership in those areas, but outside of that, um, there really isn't too much. Like you said, I only knew of one professional team, and uh, it's it's kind of sad because women's hockey is very good. It's it's a good game. It's exciting to watch, um, and um, yeah, I really couldn't give you a solution on that. Um, yeah. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to answer. I mean, you think about like how the WNBA has struggled and everything like that. But let's put it into context here. They're this even with just the seven teams they have, right? And the viewership that that the the Canada and USA uh, Olympic match got, and everything else. This league has doubled its salary. Its salary cap has doubled from last year to this year. So there is clearly a market. There is clearly people that are investing in this. There's clearly fans that want to go see this happen. All these things are happening. Realistically, all they need to do is just get a few extra teams in some other key markets, like, you know, maybe an L.A. team. And the the best part is, is similar to how you have WNBA, you could literally have them share an arena with the men when they travel. I mean, some scheduling things would need to get worked out and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, there's ways to make this work. And you're talking about, you know, I and to put it into context for you, think about the, the like the USFL and the XFL and all these other f- damn football leagues that we have happening all the time, right? And they all fail because they're not the NFL, right? They're not the NFL. They don't have the viewership. They don't have the teams. They don't have the, the markets, all these other things, right? I feel like one of the most slept on sports is hockey. And I think that hockey in itself is probably one of the more entertaining sports, but most people don't either know how to get into it, know the sport rule and the rules well enough. And, you know, it's not widely taught in a lot of areas. And that's the big thing. So my answer to fix this would be to, you have to start having hockey available like as a high school sport. I mean, like my, my school, if I, if my school in high school, they, we had baseball, we had football, we had basketball, you know, and all these other things, right? Swimming, track and field, cross country, whatever you wanted to do. But we didn't have soccer and we didn't have hockey. No, it's a small school. I get it. But if you would ask me if I would have rather played baseball or played hockey, I would have rather played hockey. I love baseball. Baseball is a great game. Hockey is amazing. All right. I went skating the last week just to see if I might be able to try out for the the adult hockey league in my area. I was like, hell yeah. You know what? Didn't fall once. Probably should have, but I didn't. <laughs> All right? So I think that, you know, you got to start introducing people to hockey earlier. That helps grow the sport. Because, I mean, when's the – like, okay, who here played peewee football? Like third – like first, second, third grade. We all got introduced to football before we could barely walk. They were throwing helmets and shoulder pads on us out there, telling us to run this football that's as big as our heads down to the other end. All right? That's what we need in hockey. And you can't tell me it's too more dangerous than football because I don't believe that it is. I really don't. I think it's, I think it's an equally, you got the same thing. I mean, soft tissue injuries and football seem pretty damn terrible. I mean, did Patrice Bergeron just take a puck off the jaw? Yeah, sure. But you got to start introducing this earlier, you know, and that's the way I feel about it. But I mean, Gage, how do you think? We answer that question. How do you think we get more engagement in women's hockey, start spreading this news, and start getting more viewership on what is, in my opinion, 
a missed opportunity to not have more of. Uh, as you were saying earlier, they doubled their salary cap, but it was only to $1.5 million, being that their salary cap at that point was less than a million dollars. It's good to see growth, but that is still a extremely disgustingly low number for a game, as you both have said, is a phenomenal game to watch. Even like women's college hockey has a huge following too. So to have a professional level of that get so little attention or advertisement or even knowledge of existence is a, a tough one to try and again raise that awareness because yeah. hockey again like Ian said is such a niche sport and you were saying I got introduced early playing hockey because my father was a hockey player and I played goalie up until I was getting into college and it's the problem with hockey is an ex, it's an expensive sport first off and it's not available around the country like baseline so unless you have a friend or someone that plays or they you have something close to you, your market and your awareness of the sport is going to be low, especially on the women's level again. But what you were saying with the WNBA and how they subsidize from the NBA, I don't think the NHL is that big enough of an entity yet to financially reasonably support that, which is upsetting because both everyone in here loves the sport and has passion for the sport, but it's, shared at what probably a tenth of the NFL and that's causes even more problems for a women's subsidized league yeah and it's it's definitely some questions we got to get answered and that was a thing too that uh that the, the article I was reading on it was was that a lot of the top talent that is in women's hockey isn't playing in this league they're not playing in any of these professional leagues that, that exists right now because they're waiting for something to be more lucrative and that something that has a higher payroll comparatively to their talent level. And I think that, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? You want to see the best athletes at the pro level playing the, playing the sport, but holding out for a more lucrative option hurts the, hurts the option in itself. You're not, you're not getting that opportunity to other people or to grow the sport because the best players aren't playing. It'd be like, you know, Hey, I want to go watch the NBA, but the NBA is not that great. So LeBron, uh, Giannis, uh, Katie, Kyrie, I mean, those guys barely play anyway, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like Jason, these guys aren't going to be out there anymore. Luca's not going to play. He's waiting for a more, uh, more lucrative opportunity, you know, better, a better lucrative league. It's not going to work. Same thing in the NFL. Imagine if Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and all these like big name, Superstars, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, decided, oh, the NFL is great and all, but I want to wait for a better, more lucrative league. I mean, you're still going to get your viewership, but the game's not going to be nearly as inter- interesting, right? Like, you're not going to see it. And everyone's like, oh, well, there's other people that can fill those roles, but you're not, you're not seeing the point. The point is, is that if the best players don't want to play the sport, the sport becomes unwatchable. You have to have the best talent in order to grow. And I understand the commitment level, but you have to be able to, to willing to do that. Anyway, if you want to go see the Premier League, you want to see the kind of stuff that's out there, PremierHockeyFederation.com. You can see the schedules, the scores, get tickets, go to their shop, get some gear, whatever it is to support what is, in my opinion, a missed market and a missed opportunity. If we don't help something like this grow, 
100%, I will be trying to find some sort of way to check in on some of these games. Obviously, none of them are in my area, so I have to travel outside of my area if I want to see one live. But I'm going to find a way to support this league. I know the other guys here are very interested in it as well. But if you haven't thought about it or you're into hockey, you want to watch good hockey, I am sure this will not disappoint. Speaking of good hockey, though, this is the segment I've been waiting for since we started the crease. Obviously, the All-Star break news is slow. However, doesn't mean we can't talk hockey. And we are going to be talking our top five hockey movies of all time. And we're going to do this round robin. All right, so I'm going to start. We're just going to keep going. We're going to go with our number ones. Or no, we're going to start at number five. We're going to start at number five, okay? Number five for me is is Mighty Ducks D2. I just, I the movie is amazing. I, I grew up watching the Mighty Ducks. And I think that, you know, it's just a great overall hockey movie. It shows a lot of, you know, com- uh, camaraderie and team stuff. It's got a good comedy element to it. And I just, I haven't watched it in a while. I need to go put it back on. But it's my number five right there off the bat. Mighty Ducks 2. Gage, what's your number five? Uh, well, I wish you didn't throw it back to me because uh, D2 was my list at number five, too. Even got, you know, oh, got to have the jersey on for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so again, we're both D2 guys. Have, we both wow. uh, watched it growing up and. Again, likewise, I haven't watched it in a while, but it always stuck with me. It's a great movie, especially to introduce someone who's younger to hockey at that level to tie in back to where we were talking about. And what Absolutely. about you? Yeah, probably D2 for me, boys. Um, wow, it's a three-peat at number unanimous five. For sure. Unanimous kind of all the reasons you said. Kind of all the reasons you all said. And Keenan Reynolds was the best part of that movie. Let's be honest. Keenan Reynolds was hilarious in that movie. Um, it may not teach you a lot about hockey, but it's a good movie. Give it a watch if you haven't already. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched Mighty Ducks 2, you, you need to figure out what you're doing wrong with your life. I mean, come on. Watch come Mighty on. Ducks 1 first, though. Yeah, it, there, it is a sequel Obviously. for a reason. Which, which yeah. brings me to my number four movie, which is The Mighty Ducks. The original Mighty Ducks movie... I, I both of these movies are great. I, I I wanted to find a way to not have both of them in my top five, and I could not for the life of me think of a hockey movie I enjoyed watching more than these two movies to move them down, and I just couldn't do it. So I put Mighty Ducks at four for me. So that's one and two in my top five. <laughs> I swear, if we both if we all three have Mighty Ducks. As our number four, and it's another three, Pete. I think we can just—I don't know what to do anymore. I, we're we're too alike. We need to find a guy who doesn't who doesn't think like we do. But Gage, who, who's your uh, number four? Sorry to blow it up right away. Uh, oh. It is not Mighty Ducks. They're on the top five because it's you can't not have that movie in your top five. It's on the list. But at number four, I actually have Slapshot. Oh, okay. The original Slapshot. Uh, Again, more of a comedy thing, but that's what I love about hockey. There's a lot of hockey comedy movies that it just is a good sit down and watch, give you a good laugh, and you get to watch another hockey game that uh, it's such a good movie. And again, if you haven't seen that movie, that's a phenomenal movie. They did make sequels, but the original's got to be on the list. What yeah. about you, Ren? Yeah, absolutely. 
For me, this is more of a sentimental thing. Uh, probably the star, the Dallas Stars 1999 Cup Championship video. I get it. It's a hockey documentary. Those That format can get boring real quick. Um, they use the same format every year. But at the same time, that's my team. That's um, The Stars are my favorite team. They have been since I was a kid. Um, and it just like seeing your team – and one of those, and actually seeing your team hold the cup as it happened, is just, it's special. There's something special about it. So that's, for me, why it's number four on my list. It's a good reason. I, I, I We talked about it before the episode. I said I would allow it. That works. It is a length of time. It is considered a movie. I will accept it. So it's funny that we talk about what is a, what is a hockey movie and isn't a hockey movie. So when I was doing some research, right, and I was trying to see other people's lists and what they put on there, I want just just to kind of pique my interest, right? Happy Gilmore is listed as a hockey movie in some situations, right? Now there is hockey in the movie, too. and he does play in a Bruins jersey pretty much the entire time, and he does end up with a hockey stick as a putter, but it's a golf movie. I'm sorry, not a hockey movie, can't be there. But I will give an honorable mention to one movie that is a hockey movie that I have not seen, but I'm going to watch. And I believe the movie's title is Youngblood. I have not seen Youngblood. It is a, it's a, uh, so it's got a bunch of big names and I'm going to look up the cast real quick, but it's a, it's, it's a gritty movie. It's got, uh, who's got in it here? Hold on a second. I'm going to look it up. Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. All right? That was, like, legitimately from the – and this is an 80s movie, right? So it's going to be – they're all young. They're all out there giving it everything they got. But that is an insane cast, and I just – I want to watch it so bad. And I and while I was looking this stuff up, I just – I saw so many cuts of this movie to where it just looks really, really good, and I can't wait to watch it. But it did not make my list because I have not seen it. You can – Crucify me in the comments of this video if you've seen it and you think it should be in the top five. But I will move on to, excuse me, my number three. And it's funny that you brought it up already. I have Slapshot above Mighty Ducks in D2 at my number three spot. It is just one of those movies, man, that I, I find it absolutely hilarious. Every time I see a preview, I laugh. Every time I watch even like 10 minutes of it, I laugh. It is just... It's, it reminds me a lot of Caddyshack and the comedy like, comedy function of just how funny a movie can be about a sport. And I love comedies. I love sports comedies. But it is one of the top, one of my top favorite hockey movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, like I said, you have to go watch it. There are sequels, but this is one of the movies that absolutely I, I found interesting and, and got me really into hockey. So and just wanted to watch like some of the stuff that happens. But Gage, who's your number three, man? Number three is going to be the original Mighty Ducks movie. Oh, we so, saw the movie. Like Joe's, yeah, like Joe said, again, not the DC original. It's got to be on your top five hockey movies, and it's iconic. Again, I'm, I'm wearing a Goldberg jersey. Like it's <laughs> such a big, like I wouldn't even say like a cult following because it's such a big mainstream movie now for hockey. And growing up, like playing hockey as a kid, like that was the movie. Like. Yeah. Just Everybody loved Goldberg, man. So Everybody loved Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, especially being a goalie myself growing up, like, it, it had to be. <laughs> so what is your number Absolutely. three for you, Rand? 
Uh, I'm going to agree with you there. Mighty Ducks 1, the original. Um, all the reasons you said above, plus, like, they gave it. They gave Anaheim an NHL team based off the movie. So for that reason alone, it should be in your top five. Yeah. I mean, That's it's a, got real-world implications, man. I mean. Super, super <laughs> yeah. influential. Doesn't always teach you the basics. It's a good movie, though. Funny movie. Lighthearted. Nothing too serious. So that's why it's in my top three. Sorry to disappoint, but Slapshot's not on here. I've never seen oh, Slapshot. Oh, okay. I've well, never seen need Slapshot. To go watch okay. oh, I might have you to go give a look after this. Yeah, you have to go watch Slapshot. Have you seen Youngblood? You guys haven't seen – none of us have seen Youngblood. No, right? no I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen All right, now we're, we're just making you an too. 80s hockey list, man. We're just making an 80s movie hockey list for Ian right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go turn on the TV after this. I don't have anything better to do. Yeah, right. Also, I <laughs> think Anaheim yeah. Mighty Ducks is the, the, firmly the best logo in all of hockey. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, the I, original with the eggplant oh, and the yeah. teal? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easily the best. Hmm. Cannot I cannot dis I cannot agree more. It's 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 perfect. So let's move on. These are the final two, and I I don't I I love this movie. All right, it's it's a great movie. It's so unrealistic for it to ever actually happen. But Russell Crowe is is a great actor, and I, I watch a lot of Russell Crowe movies because I like him acting. I mean, how can you not like Gladiator, you know, and and uh, stuff like that? But Mystery Alaska for me. I love the movie Mystery Alaska. If you haven't seen it, it's about a small town in the middle of Alaska, and, like, the biggest notoriety you can have in this town is making the local hockey team, all right? They, they, they have a game each year, and everyone tries out, and the people are selected and voted by the town. The town votes for who's on the hockey team and who's voted off the hockey team. And they end up – just go watch the movie. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm not going to say anything else. But that is the premise of this story of how renowned this hot hockey is in this town and how important it is to the town itself. It's a great movie. It's outdoor hockey, hockey at its purest form. You have to check it out. It's not very long. I think it's only like an hour and 45 minutes, but it is a great, great hockey movie. And I, I love uh, it. I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watch it every time. I saw on. that movie with Russell Crowe on a list, and I haven't seen it. But I you haven't seen Mystery Alaska? Nah, I'm not. But it, oh, it's, my God. What my, is going on? <laughs> in the article. Do I watch, those, like, do I watch uh, too many America? movies, bro? I watch too many movies. That's what it is. That's why I've seen all these things. I'm, I watch too many movies. You guys have a life. I get it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but it apparently was uh, a United States like response movie to Less Boys. If you've seen that, a Canadian, uh, Montreal-based film, Quebec, and it's a uh, similar premise to that. So that's why I found. I haven't seen either movie, but they're definitely on my list. I have to see both, including Young Blood. I also haven't seen that. Yeah. Uh, but at number two, on a more serious hockey movie note, is Gotta Be Miracle. Uh. I mean, it was an insane story. How to be made a movie, <laughs> and like just the story itself that that USA team and the and the USA versus Russia in the Olympics. It's a huge underdog moment. It had to say, oh yeah, obviously it was a movie made story, like yeah. like perfect for a movie, and they executed it great. And it's one of the more serious hockey movies that. It's got to be on your top five, I think, because it's for, like phenomenal. Like one of the biggest hockey stories 
of all time. It's actually not on my list. Oh, wow. It's not on my list. Wow. It's not on my list. How do you... I didn't put it on. I didn't put it on. Wow. I didn't put it on. I probably should have. There's some There's some room in there, but I, I, I myself, as much as I love sports, I'm a very big comedy fan, and sometimes it's a little too serious. It's a little too much. And I, I, I understand the story. I understand everything about it. I watched the movie. I like the movie. I just, I, it's okay. <laughs> oh, agree to disagree okay. on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm clearly the minority here because I guarantee people are going to watch this and be like, that guy needs to go take a few pucks to the face to fix whatever's <laughs> wrong with him. Yeah, I guess it's my turn. Um, I'm going to say Miracle here too. Um it's a Disney movie, but I feel like Disney really did it well in the fact that they really showed it was a realistic feeling movie. Um, it showed the behind the scenes stuff. It showed the camaraderie between the boys. It showed uh, it just showed what you kind of like, would expect a team atmosphere to feel like on and off the ice. Played for each other, played for their country. What, probably the biggest moment in U.S. sports history, um, in international sports, and I really feel like Disney did it well. That's why it's number two for me. I mean, yeah, I liked it. I just didn't. It's not in my top five. I That's probably, fair. I probably should put it. It should be in there. I I contemplated it in my top five. There were multiple times where I thought about putting it in, and then I was like, "What's the most memorable part of the movie that?" I, I really like took it and stuck with me. And sure, then you know, obviously, I'm not ruining anything for you. If you don't know what happens in Miracle and you're a hockey fan, you're an idiot. All right, it's based on a true story. <laughs> it's already happened. <laughs> you already knew the ending. All right, but I mean, like, yeah, I already knew the ending. And like, if I wanted to watch the ending, I would just watch the game and watch all that unfold. Like, sure, some of the behind the scenes and stuff you didn't see on the ice. Yeah, yeah, I get. It. Right, but it just wasn't there for me. But so my number one, you already know I'm a comedy fan. You already know I'm a hockey fan. My number one is going to be a funny movie. Thing. Oh, it's going to be Goon. It's 100% Goon, bro. Yeah. It's 100% Goon. Goon is one of the greatest damn hockey movies ever. All right, the five hole, five hole. It's like, oh, your mother. <laughs> it's, it's just great, great, great hockey movie. And and just so good. And it, that that scene in the diner, man, when he sits, when uh, Sean William Scott sits down, and they're talking it out, and he's like, "Listen, kid, if it comes between you and me, I will knock you the fuck out." <laughs> I know. I've that was it. It was a serious note, but it was oh, for man. a funny movie. Like it was, it kind of played into the humor. Uh, stop making fun of my friend. They're his gay brothers. <laughs> When he's on the skates and he can't skate at all. Can't skate at figures, all. He's in figure skates instead of hockey skates. Just, <laughs> just chopping up the ice. Just oh, man. meandering out there, doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. No idea. No idea. And then it's like, you look at uh, uh, Goon 2. The, there is a sequel. And I've I didn't seen like Goon 2. I didn't it's like Goon as 2 good. as much. It's not as good. Tyler uh, Sagan was the best part of that movie. Yes, and and honestly, it, it's still a watchable hockey movie. It's still good to watch. It's still funny, but 
you know, it's not on the level of Goon, right? And I love Goon. Give me the original. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen Goon, uh, it's on Netflix all the time. You can find it just about anywhere. It is a absolutely amazing movie. And, uh, there's some real, there's some real world hockey, uh, references in it. And there's some real world, uh, video of hockey play at the end of it that you can definitely enjoy. And I love those videos. And it's all kind of based off of this one guy who was just a, a straight, just animal, uh, and just a great, you know, enforcer as it was. Cause this is a movie about enforcers, which honestly is no longer really a thing in professional mm-hmm. hockey. You don't see these guys who who are literally on the team to go out there and absolutely dominate somebody. Don't get me wrong. There are still people on hockey teams that can go out and absolutely dominate somebody, but not Mm -hmm. like this. Uh, Gage, we lost you for a second, man, but we we were just talking about how great of a movie Goon is. All the scenes, like we were both reciting scenes from the movie and just great, great, great content. it It had to be my number one, too. Like. When we were working together, like, we both talked about this. Like, I felt we were both going to have it at number one. Oh, yeah. And I could so quote good. the whole movie if I had to. Oh, it, my God. It's so good. As you were saying, like, it's a lost art in hockey because it, it's just not part of the game really anymore. But there's still guys, like you were saying, like Ryan Reeves is a big one still that have that physical presence on the ice. And oh, absolutely. it's Easily, I can watch this movie a hundred times. I have watched it a hundred times. Oh, I'm I probably close. <laughs> I will, I will st- I still laugh. Like, the amount oh, of yeah. people I've, like, thrown this on and sat down and showed them this movie. Cause it's all, one of my favorite movies of all time, let alone a hockey movie. So. Oh, yeah. Glatt, you're riding piss hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, this isn't baseball comment too. And it was, the cast is, not oh, a small name cast either. Like no, no. I mean, there's some big names on that on that cast. I mean, like I said, it's it's just such a good good movie. It had to be my number one. And you know, it's it's funny that we all like sat here like, oh, Miracle should be on there. It should be on there. How do we feel about it? But then we sit here and we're like, oh yeah, but number one's good. It's 100 percent good. <laughs> like yeah. not even a not even a second thought, bro. Yeah, I was struggling oh, trying to keep the the second one off my top five list too. Um, and we just talked about it. We're like, it wasn't as good as the first one. And, and if I had to choose between one of them to watch, I'm watching the original every oh, day, every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's just, it, it's every an time. okay movie. It's just not as good. It didn't live up to the original. And it's just yeah, and one of those things, man. Again, it, our top, well, my top two movies were based on a true story movie. Like, yeah. That's what I was just saying. I had, that, that Goon had some real world, like, like basis to it, you know, because they they show the scenes at the end of the movie where this guy is just teeth missing, blood running. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think I got him. <laughs> but that is all we got for you today at the crease. Go watch some of these movies if you haven't seen them. Drop your top five hockey movies in the comments below. We want to know what the top five hockey movies are what you guys think they are. If you think that we messed up on our lists, obviously you can go ahead and put yours down below and tell us that we're stupid and all this other stuff, but bring it on at the same time. Yeah. Bring it on at the same time. If you're not going to put your top five, don't bring none our way. All right. We want to see top five stuff. Be sure to go and check out all of our affiliates at the house forward slash affiliates. We have StubHub, who I mentioned 
or I haven't mentioned StubHub on this one. We have StubHub as an affiliate, whether it is sports, concerts, or theater. StubHub has tickets as low as $6 for all the events you want to see. Obviously, there are big games coming up in all sports and all areas. Concerts are going on all the time. Use our link at StubHub to help get those tickets for you. We also have Fubo TV. If it is live sports or live TV, regardless of channel, regardless of sport, Fubo TV has it for you. You can use our link at, at uh, the House Call Affiliates. To get Fubo TV, help support the brand. Also, big shout again to this episode's sponsor, sportsmemorabilia.com. Go get yourself some sports memorabilia or that sports fan in your life. Get them some memorabilia as well. Birthdays are all the time. Ladies, if you're watching this episode, Valentine's Day is coming up. Nothing makes a guy happier than getting his favorite sports team or his favorite player's autograph merchandise. So if you have a guy you really want to impress, go get him some sports memorabilia stuff. And guys, same thing with girls. Everyone likes autograph memorabilia. I mean, everybody does. So just get it for them. All right? Go to sportsmemorabilia.com. You can use that. The other thing scrolling below, that is the liquid IV code. I know that everyone has poor hydration. Liquid IV gives you all the hydration you need more. 25% off using our code, the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast. Do yourself some hydration stuff. Use our affiliate codes, and we'll see you next time here on the House Call Crease. Podcast, we're back with our Super Bowl predictions alongside Josh and Rocco. I'm Elliot, and here with our special guest. If uh, TikTok followers were dollar bills, 